Section 5 of A Flurry in Diamonds by Amos Chiptree. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter 7 Of all the people connected with the household, I knew personally least of Winnie. I had, in my visits there, caught occasional glimpses of her, and had noticed that she was passably good-looking, of good height and figure, fair complexion, bluish-gray eyes, and light brown wavy hair, that she appeared neatly, though plainly dressed, and seemed quite diffident and reserved in manner, giving me the impression that, for some cause, she wished to escape the critical observation of visitors. Knowing her history, I had attributed this shyness to a sort of discontent with her position in the house. I may have been wrong in this conclusion, but I had Kate's authority for it, that she was proud-spirited, and therefore thought that, like other people of spirit, when suddenly driven by adversity from a life of comparative ease into a position of dependence, she inwardly chafed under her enforced servitude. As she came in now, at first glancing hurriedly at Sloane and myself, then allowed her eyes to drop in a slightly confused manner, just as might be expected of an entirely innocent person, under like circumstances, it was plain that she had nerved herself for the interview, and, excepting that she was very pale, there was nothing in her looks or manner indicating that unusual excitement which the events of the day must naturally have produced in one of her temperament. Mr. Lindley, indicating Sloane by a wave of his hand, told her that the gentleman wished to ask her a few questions, to which her only reply was a graceful bowing of her head to her employer and a quiet glance at Sloane. Mr. Lindley and I withdrew a little way, and all remained standing during the interview. Sloane began by saying, of course you know, miss, what has brought me here, and likewise know that it is necessary for me, in trying to discover how and by whom the robbery was committed, to carefully examine every incident which may seem to have any bearing upon the case. An approving nod from Winnie. There are certain circumstances which seem to be capable of explanation by you alone, as you seem to have been the only person of the household who was upstairs at the time the jewels were taken. Another nod from Winnie who, up to this time, had not spoken a word, but stood looking fixedly at Sloane. He at once commenced his inquiries in an off-hand way, and, as he proceeded, frequently changed his position, sometimes walking up and down, his hands in his pockets and his eyes wandering about the room, occasionally, as he rapidly put a question, stopping short and looking the girl squarely in the face. Winnie, on her part, treated him most respectfully, answering his questions generally with promptness and in a clear though very low voice he first asked her about the disordered state of the rooms which she explained by saying that her mortification at being discovered by mr lindley trying on the earrings and his apparent displeasure toward her as shown by his actions had quite unnerved her and she had at once left the rooms which she had entered to attend to her usual duties there some time after as she was on her way to tidy up the rooms she met miss lindley who, after telling her of the robbery, had instructed her to go downstairs, leaving everything upstairs undisturbed. About the window over the porch, nothing was elicited beyond a confirmation of Miss Lindley's statement that she, Winnie, had complained of the difficulty in opening it, and that Miss Lindley had told her to omit doing so until it was repaired, since which time she had never disturbed it. Were you surprised when you first came into the rooms this morning of seeing the diamonds upon the dressing table? Not at all, sir. Miss Lindley commonly allows her jewelry to be exposed in that manner. 
but so large a number of valuable earrings must naturally i should think have caused you some surprise it might under ordinary circumstances have done so sir as the display was quite unusual but knowing the conditions under which the diamonds were in the house i saw nothing unnatural about it miss lindley told you of them last night then yes sir as i came in to ask her permission to run over home a while i found her examining them and she told me about mr hopkins having brought them at her father's request for her to make a selection from she showed me the pair she had chosen and asked my opinion upon her choice you then went out into your mother's about what time was this i don't know exactly but somewhere between eight and nine did you take the key of the gate with you as i hear it is customary for you to do winnie showed a little hesitancy in answering this question but finally said yes sir where did you say your mother lives i did not say but she lives at number blank east blank street ah not a long walk she lives there alone with your brother i believe yes sir anybody there besides them when you were there last night no sir i suppose you told your mother and brother about miss lindley's birthday gift i did mention it to my mother but as my brother was asleep upon a lounge pretty much all the time i was in the house i cannot say whether or not he heard what i said at any rate i don't remember that he showed any interest in it when you came back here you came in by the gate as usual i suppose here sloane who had been walking back and forth with his head lowered and his eyes cast down almost in a line with his feet suddenly stopped in front of winnie looking straight into her eyes if she had not before suspected that sloane was questioning her for some other purpose than merely as he had told her to have her explain certain points which might appear to bear upon the case this question must have convinced her that she was under suspicion as a matter of fact i believe from the first that she had anticipated this and was consequently in better form to meet his wily questions besides she must have known that dan had been put through a course of questions and would naturally conclude that he had told all that he knew at all events beyond a momentary start as sloane so suddenly stopped in front of her she showed no especial agitation no sir for when i arrived at the gate i found that i had lost the key then i went around to the stable and dan the coachman let me through into the yard as i presume he told you added winnie with a rather scornful look at the officer how do you account for the loss of the key where did you place it on going out in the pocket of my sack but as the evening was warm i removed the sack when i reached my mother's it must have dropped from the pocket as i took it off or in putting it on again before leaving you are sure of this and have not seen it since yes sir i have indeed when and where my brother brought it around this morning and gave it to me and i hung it up in its proper place beside the basement door he used it i suppose in entering the gate i presume so sir these responses i could plainly see were somewhat disappointing to sloane as i freely acknowledged they were to myself if winnie were telling the truth and the whole truth the case against her was weakening while if she were lying it was evident that she had had plenty of time to prepare for herself plausible explanations of all the compromising circumstances of which she suspected us to be aware this brother does he often visit you not very but quite as often as he is welcome not much love between you i think miss no sir 
although if richard would behave himself as he should god knows i would only be too glad to regard him more as a brother and less as a trouble to mother and me only this morning making an excuse to come here about the key he came up to my room and i was obliged to give him money in order to prevent his making a disturbance here i finally had almost to push him out of the house while threatening to call mr lindley this had its effect and he scampered away thus when he had in her way explained dan's story voluntarily instead of putting sloane to the trouble of drawing it out piecemeal she remained perfectly cool and self-possessed if she were acting a part she was doing it without a fault after one or two unimportant questions asked in a very respectful manner and which i thought he improvised in order to regain her confidence sloane politely informed her that he could think of nothing further just then which he desired to ask her it will be necessary however he said to look over your room as well as those of the servants more as a matter of form perhaps than with any idea of discovering the lost property my duty miss requires this as well as many other proceedings on my part which are anything but agreeable you are perfectly welcome sir to any assistance i can give you in any way replied winnie blandly and sloane turning to mr lindley suggested making the search immediately accompanied by winnie they started while i went downstairs to await the result i found kate in the library and she appeared pleased at my coming i could see that although she was trying to make light of the affair of the diamonds she was considerably cut up over it first because she was directly though innocently the cause of the loss and further because she must know that winnie was suspected of complicity in the theft kate prided herself upon her household management and for one so young she certainly did possess unusual abilities in that line after her mother's death for several years the house had been managed by a thoroughgoing practical housekeeper whom mr lindley had directed to instruct kate as she grew up in the science and mysteries of household economy kate took readily to the task and under her very competent teacher with an inborn aptitude for it had progressed so well that at sixteen she had assumed control of domestic affairs including the selection of servants she had experienced considerable difficulty in the latter connection except in the kitchen and dining room where mary and her son were permanent fixtures and had decided at the time she took on winnie to do without any regular chambermaid dividing the duties in that way and what plain sewing was done in the house between herself and winnie she told her father when he remonstrated with her that there was hardly enough work about it to furnish her with necessary exercise and besides it would make the situation easier for winnie to whom she seemed to take a liking on first acquaintance as she was accustomed to having her way in such matters and as he could see no real objection to the arrangement mr lindley made no further opposition as shown by her statement to sloane kate had unlimited confidence in winnie in fact had made almost a companion of her and i was sure that it would require strong proofs to induce kate to lessen her belief in her faithfulness it was not for me to undertake the task in any event and as i was not as confident myself that we were upon the right track as i had been previous to sloane's examination of the girl i responded to kate's anxious inquiries as to the result of our interview with winnie with evasive answers i told her that the affair was somewhat mysterious as yet but that winnie was not clear of suspicion acknowledged that she had made a pretty good case in her own defense but as there was no proof as yet available as to the truth of her statements of course we had only her word to rely upon and a good reliance it is fred at least i have always found it to be so no doubt you have kate 
and that you should believe in her truthfulness under present circumstances is excusable, perhaps, as it is certainly meritorious on your part. For myself, I have no positive opinion to express. From any point of view, the affair to me is as mysterious as ever. But, excuse me, I hear Sloane and your father coming. Perhaps they may have something new. Well, Mr. Hopkins, said Sloane as he came in, we have made no discoveries, and as the diamonds are evidently not in the house here, unless they are locked in the safe upstairs, which it seems only Miss Lindley can open, I must hurry around to headquarters and start things working from there. Will you go with me, sir? As without losing any more time, I desire to talk with you a little. Not to leave anything undone here, however, I should be pleased to have you go up, Miss Lindley, and look the safe over before we go. We will await your return here. Wouldn't it be too funny if the diamonds should be there? laughed Kate as she started to leave. More serious than funny, I should say, as it might involve the necessity of confining someone in an insane asylum until she should recover her wits, retorted Mr. Lindley rather petulantly. The affair was evidently beginning to disturb his usual good temper. Of course, nothing came of the search in the safe, Kate reporting everything there as she had left it in the morning, and I signified to Sloane my readiness to accompany him as proposed. Mr. Lindley cautioned the latter to keep matters as quiet as possible, as he did not fancy the notoriety which a publication of the affair would create. Sloane promised to let them know immediately if any further developments were made, and it was agreed that we should both return to the house for further conference at nine o'clock in the evening. Pierre would then be at home, and his views on the case might possibly be of service to us. Mr. Lindley was going downtown immediately after lunch, on business of his own, and would be at Pierre's office, where he would explain matters to him. End of section 5